welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Joining me on the program once again, Bryce Baumgartner. How are you? Oh, I was barking last uh, last week. Not barking now. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and uh, Bobby Russell, the only winner last week on the podcast with his team. Hey, Travis Tritt said it best. It's a great day to be alive. Wow. Travis Tritt. Um, speaking of 90s, do you guys want to do the uh, Tim Allen trivia now or at the end? Um, I mean, I just think it gets me like kind of going with a little Tim Allen trivia. And was that that was Travis Tritt that sang that song? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do I know about country music? Mall it and all. Like uh, okay. All right. So we'll kick off the episode with, uh, I guess it's turned into an annual thing here back to back weeks a little tim allen trivia now there isn't any prize to win this week but maybe in the further coming pods we could kind of award something but the trivia question is true or false tim allen attended a mac school in college oh i would say like i mean it's like first to get it i mean i'm probably saying true he probably if i had a guess probably like a central michigan guy or something oh I, I'm also going to say true, but I think it's uh, Western Michigan just because that's where his arrest was in Kalamazoo. You you guys are unbelievable right now. It's kind of a trick question. I was going to be an asshole, but I was going to be like both are wrong because it's false. He actually attended two Mac schools, and I cannot make this up. He first went to Western Michigan. Bobby, you're right. He got arrested. And Kalamazoo, <laughs> and then he transferred the Central. I saw that. Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> we we fucking know our Tim Allen. Like that's unbelievable. We're we're chasing this white whale. One day he will join us. Yeah, I'm like he was definitely a Chippewa at one point. There's no doubt in my mind. I think he. Anyway. I think he wore like. Uh, I think I remember him wearing like Western gear on Home Improvement too. Yeah. So, was was he uh, a, that was a guest picker on game day one time? Oh, he had to be. If not, he should be. I mean, they they kind of are like dancing with the stars, where it's like the word celebrity gets used very loosely on game day because I mean, obviously they're running out of celebrities and stuff. Yeah, so, but Tim I Allen mean, is like he's a celebrity. Like he's a he's like I don't know about big time anymore, but like he was fucking. Buzz Lightyear, right? Like, yeah. He was the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's well, enough of Tim Allen. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if uh, I would get, like, jitters or butterflies if I happen to run into Tim Allen now. That's how I do celebrity. Like, if I'm going to say something stupid or, like, claim up, that's a pretty big name. If not, oh. that's, yeah. that's, that's my meter. I'm getting... I'm getting butterflies around Tim Allen. Absolutely. Like I, I met, uh, I met Afro Man last winter in Athens. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I remember no, that. I remember that text I got of you with standing next to Afro Man. Yep. Yeah. No, no butterflies. Now, if it was 2002 or whenever, you know, yeah. that would have been a different story. But you know, 19, 17 years later, whatever it is, uh, no thanks. All right, we are going to do a NFL recap and then uh, kind of preview week number two here in segment one. Um, 
I guess we'll call it good cop, bad cop uh, for starters. I don't know. You know, Bobby, uh, in our group text, uh, you kind of summed it up perfectly. Just kind of the mundane, like, oh, this team won 31-28. What do you guys think? Eh, it kind of gets boring. So we're going to spruce it up. So basically, I'm just going to play point guard here and let you guys be the asshole or angel here, however you want to say it. The good cop, bad cop. <laughs> We and, need a law uh, and order like sound soundtrack like sound we, board here. We do. Uh, so I write down a list of teams and then we'll do our teams to kind of close out the good cop, bad cop segment. But I got the Colts, Eagles, Vikings, Cowboys, Bucks, and our teams. Now I wrote those teams down because I kind of thought um, maybe a little disappointment with some expectations from week one and me and Bryce will kind of have to uh, eat some crow with our teams dropping week one games. So we'll start with the Colts. I introduced Bryce first, so Bobby, I'll give you the floor. You get to choose, by the way, whoever has the nod, which cop you want to be. So, Bobby, Colts lose to the Jags 27-20. to Good cop, bad cop, and uh, what's your take? Uh, I'm going to go bad cop on this one. Um, I don't think the Philip Rivers era in Indianapolis could have gotten off to a worse start. Losing to the Jaguars, who all weekend I was hammering the Colts defense and your fantasy plays. Uh, fantasy shut them out. And then they turned around and slapped me in the face and caused me to lose some money this weekend. So the Colts, it's a little scary, you know. I mean, they lose uh, Marlon Mack to a torn Achilles. That's your number one running back. Um, you know, Quentin Nelson, he, he was solid, obviously. But giving up, I think, what were they up? 20 to 7 on the Jaguars. And then to give up 20 straight and lose that game in that fashion, it's just not a good outlook for the Colts. I think that's just going to set them off on another domino effect of like another 2 and 4, 1 and 5 start like they have been the past couple of years. Uh, yeah, so I got a good cop this, huh? Yeah. This is tough. Um, well, here, here's the deal. You know, I picked – I was pretty high on the Colts. Obviously, they were like my, what, second pick of that little, uh, you know, draft we had in the AFC, so that hurt. I thought that was like a given win. I was like, all right, great. I'm going to start off really strong here. Um, you know, I think they left, left the foot off the gas pedal um, and just kind of got, you know, a little lackadaisical in the second half there. Uh, I don't think it's time to panic. I think they've got a lot of things in play. They got some young receivers that are still figuring things out. And, uh, you know, Phil Rivers is still trying to gel there. Um, they got the offensive line. They're not going going away. I think they just got to settle down. They're in a very winnable division. Um, and, uh, you know, things will, things will play out. But uh, I like what I thought of Paris Campbell. Um, Jonathan Taylor needs to get, you know, kind of get into more of a rhythm. Maybe now that with Mac, he said, is being out they can, you know, kind of feed him the ball and he can start grinding a little bit. So I don't think it's time to panic, but that's obviously like one of the worst losses uh, probably of all uh, all year for them. All right, we'll move on to uh, the Eagles now. They uh, drop one on the road to the Washington football team. We're calling them the football team when they win. Uh, I'll do respect to the name. So Bryce, the Eagles, good cop, bad cop, what's your take? Um, boy, I'll, I'll play bad cop here. Um, 
you know, I, I think going into this, I think they they thought they had the game won again before, kind of like the kind of like the uh, the Colts did. Um, their offensive line, you know, I will give the Redskins credit, but their offensive line looked like garbage. Uh, plenty of hurries, you know. Um, Wentz was under pressure plenty of times. Seems like the defense, you know, they let what's his name um, Haskins like just kind of find a rhythm. Haskins never really like beat them, but just like managed the game really well. So they let like a pretty much a rookie quarterback uh, take it to him, uh, especially in the second half. Um, yeah, I don't know with Bart or Bart Scott Christ. Um, who am I thinking of? Scott uh, Boston, Boston, Scott. Boston Scott. Boston Scott. I, I called him out. I said he's going to have a huge game. Didn't do much. He what he might made had like 30, 40 yards and a, and a couple catches here and there. But it just seems like they didn't have much of an identity. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what the receivers were were all about. I just coaching wise, I saw a little bit of like what try, what they were trying to do route wise. They ran the same like identical routes over and over again. Just kind of like trying to I don't know what the, the hell they were doing so uh, Doug Peterson's got to get his shit together and, and, and figure some stuff out on offense or they're gonna have a bad year yeah no I'll play the good couple to, to Bryce's bad couple in this one um you know the Eagles I don't think it's too much to worry um the NFC East games are always always tough they're always a toss-up you know Washington's gotten progressively better they got a good coach in there Ron Rivera is kind of turning things around you know, a second-year development, um, basically like a third- and fourth-year development if you're Haskins and McLaurin because they were together in college. They were rookies last year together, and now they're coming in their second year, some experience. They know how to be pros. So it, that doesn't really surprise me that Washington won. It does that how they how they won. They came back. Um, their defense looked awesome in the second half. But Eagles, I'm not worried about the Eagles at all. They jumped out to a 17 nothing lead right away. Um, they just didn't keep their – uh, foot on the pedal there. They, they let, it, let it go. They got more conservative, uh, as Peterson tends to do sometimes. Um, you know, since they won that Super Bowl, he's kind of calmed down a little bit on the offensive calling. And their receiving core is, I'd say they're, they're top of the NFC right now, um, like with their weapons in the receiving core. Goddard and Ertz, two of the best tight ends in the game. Uh, Rager and Jackson uh, both had good games. You know, they weren't used as much because they got to that 17 nothing lead. And then they gave up, co- go down 27 to 17, and they got to start throwing the ball, and then Washington can just sit on them. So if they can get out to early starts like that and then just keep the gap full of the pedal, I, th- I think the Eagles are going to be just fine. Right on. Let's go to uh, the Vikings. They lost their home opener. The Packers uh, put up 43 on 43 to 34. Um, Bobby, you have the honors. Good cop, bad cop. Um, I'll go good cop with the Vikings, actually. Um, you know, they started off slow. Um, I mean, that's all things considered, you know, hardly any practice, no preseason games, no tackling in practice, only tackling your teammates if you are even doing that. So getting off to the slow start, I can see it's easier for an offense to get going than I think it is for a defense to get going. It's because you don't have that juice. You're not ready to go. And the offense is just – they can go on air and they can just work their offense throughout the year. So the Vikings, the slow start, yeah. They came on in the second half, 24 points in the fourth quarter. Gobble Cook looked pretty good. Kirk Cousins managed the offense in the second half. He didn't make too many mistakes. Um, and then their defense finally came around a little bit, not where they should be, 
but they're they're getting there. So I, the Vikings, I, I'm not worried about them too much. You know, they're a consistent team. They're around the eight, ten win team every year. So you know, you're going to have your slip ups, and I think this is just the product of the off season that we've had. Mm, yeah, bad bad cop on the Vikings. That's it's kind of tough. Um, I know, I know. You've you've got Aaron Rodgers coming to town. You know what you know what he's going to you know bring to the table. Um, just seems like they they were out of place in some plays. And I'll be honest, um, I think they they had a one o'clock slot, and I was too busy like drinking because of the Browns to where uh, um, <laughs> I really I really missed a lot of this game. Um, you know, you you come in as a probably favorite to win the division, and you like kind of shit the bed and start slow, so like you can't have that. Um, I know they were missing their their best what edge rusher. I'm trying to think. I can't think of his name um, off the top of my head. I don't know why it's I'm missing out on it. But like your defense should still be, you know, they they had some things there uh, from last year and they just couldn't ride that momentum. Um, you know, I didn't. I don't have stats here in front of me. I mean, did Kyle Rudolph get the ball? Like what what was like like did, they did work him in their offense. They just they they started slow. So that's what screwed them. They weren't ready to go. Yeah, A Rod looked fucking awesome. By the way, yeah. Just some of those throws. I mean, it's kind of old hat for him, but uh, definitely he's not dead yet. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, the Cowboys. They lose Sunday night, uh, twenty to seventeen to the Los Angeles Rams. Bryce, um, good cop, bad cop on the boys. Oh God, um, bad cop. I uh, after picking them to win the Super Bowl this year, boy, I'm uh, I'm really regretting that. Just from like injury standpoint, like what the fuck's going on with their linebackers? But Vander Esch, he's out. Sean Lee, he's he's always fucked. out, always out. So like, you know, yeah, I don't know how you rebound from that. As far as like just like some core parts of your defense, that's going to be tough. And obviously, you can see like their offense hasn't hit their stride yet. I think they're still going to be okay, but um, I don't know. I like to see more Zeke always because I own him in fantasy. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Dak really impressed me with a whole lot. I did see a couple throws he made that were really sharp. Um, but, you know, Amari, like, he seemed like he wasn't around, and they couldn't really get a whole lot going against, um, I don't say like a, you know, I don't say a young secondary of the Rams, but um, – Jordan Fuller was like, you know, out of Ohio State, six six round pick, made a huge play against, uh, uh, I think it was C.D. Lamb there late in the fourth on a fourth down play, um, where Lamb didn't get enough depth uh, to gain three yards, and that hurt. You got to be aware of the, you know, down and distance and and everything at that time. So, uh, yeah, bad bad performance. Uh, even though it was on the road in that awesome stadium, Jesus Christ, you guys see that like beautiful stadium. Um, really is. Yeah. So. But you got you got to win that game with this season. I don't know. Yeah, that that stadium, five billion dollars. It just it looks like five billion dollars. It doesn't look like you know they skimp on anything. Like even watching that one, Hard Knocks, that was one of the things I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like I know that it's hosting two teams, but you know that just looked like a Los Angeles Rams stadium, like the blue and the yellow. The blue and the yellow color they have has grown on me immensely. The uniforms, not so much. The helmets are awesome. If the rest of the uniform just matched those, I think they'd be all right. Um, but on the Cowboys, as the good cop on the Cowboys, 
close game against one of the best defenses in the league. Um, you know, Dak, uh, two overturned at the yard, touchdown. The receivers look good. CeeDee Lamb looked like he hasn't missed a step from Oklahoma, which was nice. Um, Zeke rushing out of the backfield. You know, he's got one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, and the ability he has to catch the ball to the backfield, like on that touchdown he scored, catches the ball on a swing pass, gets out, makes four guys miss on one juke move, and then just walks into the end zone. You know, they're, they're going to be fine. They get to play um, the Washington football team and the Giants twice a year each. Um, so I think they're going to be all right. The one thing that does give me some pause on the Cowboys is their tight end situation. Um, I know on the broadcast they kept talking about Blake Jarwin and everything, but, you know, that Blake Jarwin just doesn't strike fear in you. He's not someone who's going to go out there and catch eight or nine passes a game like Jason Witten used to or go for 80 yards and two touchdowns like uh, Jason Witten used to. So that's the only thing that like, gives me pause on the Cowboys. And then, like Bryce said it best, you know, what linebackers do they have? Sean Lee hasn't played a game in, it feels like, three years. Van Der Esch is awesome when he plays, but broken collarbone, uh, that one's tough. Um, Jalen Smith looks good, I'll say that. And then um, their defensive line looked pretty good. They were able to get a lot of penetration in there. They get put some pressure on Goff and able to shake things up here and there. And for the most part, they kept the running backs for the Rams in check. You know, uh, Brown had – he had two touchdowns, but they were short yard touchdown runs. Uh, no one over 80 yards. So that I, I consider that a win for the Cowboys defense. And I think that's just going to keep building them momentum going in the next few weeks. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay. The box they dropped their opener in New Orleans. Uh, final score, 34-23. Bobby, you get to play good cop or bad cop here with uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, man. This, this one's, I think this is the toughest one so far. Um I'm going to have to go bad cop with the Buccaneers. The defense didn't strike fear into me, which, you know, I thought they were going to be better. Um, they got the couple kids out of LSU, played decently, but it wasn't enough to make you go, oh, damn, that's, that's, a, that's a Super Bowl winning defense. Um, offensively, they got off to a slow start. Um, looks like Brady, he couldn't find Godwin or Evans early. They were kind of shut down by the Saints secondary which is understandable. You know, they've seen them for years. They know who the go-to guys are there. Uh, but, you know, Brady made it work with uh, big week two waiver wire pickup, Scotty Miller, the little, the next great white receiver for the Tom Brady receiving core, Mount Rushmore. Um, the running game didn't add much. Fournette looked slow. Shady McCoy was um, invisible, basically. Ronald Jones, he had his spots, but he was pretty much shut down by the Saints defense, too. You know, I, I said it when we did the preview, um, new quarterback, old quarterback, I mean, learning a new system for the first time in 20 years. Um, although with Bruce Arians, it just didn't look good. And, you know, the last three years that Gronk's had off, just doing his wrestling and all that stuff, he, he just looks awful as well. I, I couldn't say one good play Gronk had in that game. Mm. Um, all right, uh, good cop. Yeah, you're playing a really experienced team in their home stadium. I know, you know, it wasn't uh, bumping down there on the bayou, but uh, that's still still tough to walk in there, your first game, um, new system and all with, with Tom Brady. Um, you know, they did shut down Mike Thomas. Uh, I thought that was pretty um, pretty impressive, the fact they kind of shut him down, even though I know he, he, he is banged up, and I think he might be out this week and maybe the next week. I think he's either got like a hamstring or something going on in his leg. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, what what are you gonna do? It's it's Breeze was like, you know, coming out of the gate strong. Um, I don't think it's time to panic by any means. I think they're gonna hit their stride like week week five, week six, and they're gonna be a tough team. And I still think they make the playoffs. Um, it's just kind of like I don't say like like the Browns. They had to play, a, you know, a team that was, you know, hit their hit their stride last year, and they're just dominating. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say like it's hard to be a good cop bad cop here. It's it, I, it's kind of how I thought it would play out, honestly. Yeah, right on. All right, let's go to uh, the Browns. Uh, Bryce, you had the honors. They uh, drop their opener to the Ravens, thirty-eight-six. Uh, good cop, bad cop for your brownies. Yeah, bad cop here. Um, <laughs> look, I wanted them to. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I wanted them to like. I, I didn't think they were gonna win. Look, like, I, I knew, like, going in, into that game, like, they're probably not going to win. My expectations were, um, I don't want to say low, but just as far as, like, getting the dub, I, I didn't think they were going to leave Baltimore with it. Um, but they, like, just completely shit the bed uh, on so many levels. Um, wh- where do I begin? Okay, uh, offense. Um, I thought they did a good job establishing the run, like, their first couple drives. Uh, but then, like, obviously got behind and just completely abandoned it. Uh, 23 carries combined for um, uh, Chubb and, um, God, why am I cream hunt? Like, that's kind of, like, inexcusable, especially when they're ripping off, I think, five yards of carry and six yards of carry. Uh, you got to feed them regardless. Like, so what? You're getting your ass kicked. Like, you're, you're, the game is out of hand. Like, get them going. Get your offensive line going. Like, give yourself something, yourself something to build off of. They abandoned that. Um, I feel like they tried to get OBJ the ball too many times where, like, Baker literally, like, dropping back. You can tell he's got that one-man read going on where he's just, like, staring him down and forcing the ball. Um, we had a chance. We were down 17-6 to six right before half, uh, third and two, and OBJ drops a wide-open pass, ran a great route, just hits him in the hands. He takes his eyes off of it for a second, and, and then we miss a field goal. Um, you know, see you later, Austin Cyber. You're in Cincinnati now. Fuck you. Um, then give Baltimore just enough time to go down and score a touchdown. Not hold them to three. Like, let them fucking score a touchdown. And Mark Andrews, by the way, who would have thought they would fucking throw to him in the red zone? Jesus Christ. Like, that's their only – not say only option, but that's his favorite go-to option um, in the red zone, Lamar Jackson. Um, defensively, you know, I thought Miles Garrett was a little, like – too quiet. I know he's probably getting like double teamed and chipped a lot of the time, but uh, I just felt like he needed to be more have more of a presence. I know they got to Lamar Jackson, but they didn't sack him too often. A lot of hurries and pressures. Uh, I just wish you know they could have made more of a, a you know really exerted like their their style of, of play, like a, a tough physical defensive line. Olivier Vernon really wasn't around. Uh, the only bright side on the on the defense was Ogan Joby. I thought he played a hell of a game and was rated out one of the highest uh, defensive linemen. It's uh, uh, Pro Football Focus or whatever that shit's called. Um, fantasy Focus. I don't even know. But uh, so I'm not even mad about the fake punt. Yeah, was it a gutsy decision? Sure. But if you fucking go back and watch the film, it, you had two guys blocking one guy and neither guy blocked him, and uh, you know let a let that um, guy kind of knock the ball loose. Um, the Ravens had two rookies playing uh, linebacker, Patrick Queen and, and Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, and they looked like they were, uh, you know, two- or three-year players. 
So that was disappointing. Secondary looked weak. Uh, didn't see a lot out of Denzel or Greedy. Uh, just too too many wide open passes and playing from behind. What are you going to do? So, um, bad cop. Yeah, fuck him. Really upset me. Oh man, good cop for the Browns. Yeah, good luck. I've never been in this position <laughs> in my entire life. That's why I picked it. I was like, I want to hear some positives from from a Steelers fan on this shit. I mean, I I, that, I watched that entire game. That was the I, was, I didn't watch hardly any of. I think the Vikings and Packers on my TV. I kind of had this and Red Zone on, so I was kind of watching the Browns just because my dad's a Browns fan. I I know a lot about the Browns being the Steelers' rival, and then most of my friends are Browns fans, so I, I get it. I uh, Baker made some good throws, um, but like you said, like Bryce said, they tried to feed Beckham way too much, you know. He's been so up and down in Cleveland, and I think Stefanski made the mistake of trying to get him going by just keep going and going and going at him. And he seems to me like a player that once he gets in that funk, he just can't get out of it no matter how much you throw him the ball. So I I will say Baker, he did throw the ball pretty well. Um, He was running for his life at times, but when he did have time, he was able to make some plays. Um. Chubb, I was honestly surprised Chubb didn't play better than he did. He usually torches the Ravens. Um, so that kind of surprised me. Um, I don't know why they didn't play Hunt more than they did. I know that uh, the two running back package with him and Chubb, that should be their go-to, like, base offense. That I mean, you can't have enough playmakers on the field with the Browns. You got Landry and Beckham on one side. Then you get the backfield of Hunt and Chubb and Baker – and if your offensive line can stay healthy, I know um, Wills went out with the game. I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not. Um, he's back. He he wasn't bad in his debut. So no, he he looked good. I don't think he gave up a sack. I don't want to say he did. Uh, I don't think he did. So I was I was impressed with him. I know I I did. I thought they kind of reached for him on draft night, but you know it's kind of making sense now. Um, so I think the Browns are going to be all right. You know, this happens every year. They have never won. They've won what one opening week games since 2000. So, yeah. So, I, honestly, I'm not worried about the Browns. Um, not because I think they're just terrible, but because I know they're a good football team. They just got to take some time, and it's going to come together for them. Yeah, one thing I'll add, it's just the obvious, team. The fucking the Ravens are loaded, too. I mean... Calais Campbell is, like, the scariest well, fucking dude I've ever seen. I don't know how I haven't, like, paid more attention to him, but, like, good God. Dude, that they're not going to allow too many teams to run it all on them. So, you know. All right, no. final one. Uh, my team, the Niners. I will take the good cop here. And then if you guys want to say something, I guess that's how we'll do our teams, and then we'll get to the week two preview. Um, we're banged up. Banged up at the wide receiver position. Don't really have anybody to throw the ball to. Um, also, Kyler, New Hopkins, that team. Maybe the Cardinals will be scary this year. A lot of speed. Um, and anytime you let Hopkins go for 14 catches and a buck 50 uh, and, a, and a tutter, probably not going to be a uh, winning uh, formula. But, um, you know, 17-7 lead, or 13-7 lead, and they give up a uh, field goal late to kind of let the uh, Cardinals back into it, 13-10 at halftime. 
Uh, game one, um, if you guys recall last year, Cardinals actually, I think we split with them. Definitely had a close one on a Thursday night in Arizona. So maybe the Cardinals was kind of that division bugaboo where maybe they put back in your gambling tickler file. Like, oh, if the Niners are laying a big number, the Cardinals always play them tough. So I'm not worried. We got a get right game against the Jets. I know it's a cross country flight this week, but uh, get right, get the running game going again, and uh, give Jimmy G some more confidence. Um, he did not play well Sunday, but um, yeah. One game, not a, not really ready to throw in the season, but kind of a as a must win as can be. I kind of need to get back to five hundred. Can't go into to the the lowly Jets in week two. Yeah, um, from like what I saw the game again, like I YouTube TV had. Um, little red zone action going on for free I think this week and maybe next hopefully but um, I don't know it just looks like uh, the Cardinals were just kind of like playing playing their style of ball playing playing loose playing free yeah um, just kind of having fun with it so uh, they uh, and like honestly they didn't have any pressure coming into the game and that, that helped them out I think tremendously kind of like a little like backyard football going on uh, Kenyon Drake, you know, I thought he did just fine. He got a touchdown late. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, uh, Hopkins kind of stole the show there and just, like, came out with a chip on his shoulder like, see, like, fuck you guys. Like, I, it doesn't matter where I play. I'm going to go for, you know, a buck ten and a touchdown. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, uh, Isaiah Simmons looked like shit, though. I don't know if you guys saw any of that. Like, oh, that – Shanahan was picking on him. Uh especially in the throw game, getting him matched up against some of our running backs. Um, Mostert on that big hitter, they they singled him up in main coverage and uh, hit him on a little angle route across the middle, which was nice. Anyway, Bobby, anything to add there? Yeah, I mean, you guys you got said it best. Um, that's, I, I don't really have anything to add to that, honestly. You know, like Bryce said, the Cardinals are playing backyard football, and the 49ers look like they just – we're too tense. They're they're on that war path to get back to the Super Bowl. They know that they have a window, and they were just trying to be perfect every single play, and it just kind of backfired on them. Um, so that's really all I got on that one. But before we get to the week two, uh, I'm just gonna get my bad cop on my Steelers real quick. Oh, okay. The, so I like James Conner. Great guy, great story. You know, Erie, Pennsylvania kid. Beat cancer, came into Pittsburgh, had a great rookie year, backing up Le'Veon Bell when Bell went down. But ever since then, he's just been ass. And, you know, I think his time's up. You know, he, he did get hurt in this game. He didn't come back. But Benny Snell proved that he can be, he can be a, a workhorse running back. So James Conner just I, – I like the guy. I hope he gets a second chance somewhere. I just hope it's not in Pittsburgh. And, you know, Chase Claypool had a great rookie debut. He had a huge catch in the first half. And then he sealed the game on a fourth down end around to win the game. Ended up being the highest graded rookie offensive player of the week on a pro football focus. So that's a good bright spot there. But Connor and our offensive line, I know we were missing David DeCastro. Our offensive line just did not do Ben any favors in the first half. You know, they eventually got going with Snell in the second half, kind of slow the game down and establish the run. But we have no right side of the line after our right tackle towards ACL near the end of the game. So if we get the Castro back, that'll be huge. But 
Pittsburgh's off the line after being so many years so great. And then we lose Mike Munchak to Denver, and the, the play and technique just goes to shit. And it just kind of sucks because you have Pouncey, who's been an all-pro center to Castro, an all-pro guard. Villanueva had an all-pro year. So just seeing that drop-off just drastic and coaching for that, just it makes you realize how important coaching is for a position group like that. I'll add one thing, and I know the name, but if you told me there's this guy named Mike Munchak, what's he do? That's offensive line coach a thousand times out of a thousand. That's that's a perfect name. Great name. Or a strength coach. It has something to do with physicality. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, or he like he's like a cheesemaker like in <laughs> Milwaukee. <laughs> All right, week two, real quick. Quick picks. Bobby shit on a oh. fucking cancer survivor. That's all I have to say about that. Oh, my God. I can't believe he would do that. Well, let, yeah, let's not change Benny, the narrative here. Benny Snell's a stud. He was a stud at Kentucky. He made Kentucky football worth watching a few years ago, and they, I feel like he was kind of the piece that's kind of built that program up a little bit. So Shout out Ohio uh, kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on. Week two, quick picks. We don't have to, you know. Belabor beat the hell out of uh, a breakdown because, I mean, to be frank, none of us, and I'm not talking about the three of us, nobody knows what the hell we're talking about yet. So, um, all right, let's go to the Rams. They will go in the Philly, take on the Eagles, two NFC contenders for sure. One o'clock Eastern on Fox, of course. Philly right now a one-point favorite. Um, So... I'll throw it to you, Mr. Bryce. Um, what's your pick here? What do you think? Um, I'll, I'll say Rams. I feel like uh, oh. uh, it looked like Kelsey had some issues in the middle there, and you, you know who's coming to town, uh, Mr. Aaron Darnold. I think he's just going to disrupt shit again, and they'll uh, ride that you know momentum going in from week one. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Rams make it happen. Bobby, uh, I'm going to go Eagles this one. You know, flying from West Coast to East Coast, you lose a couple hours there. Traditionally, those West Coast teams don't perform well outside of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, like I said, the Eagles, if they get off to that great start, I think they're going to learn from their mistake and they're going to keep the hammer down. And I think they get they get back on track this weekend and do the one-on-one. I kind of agree. Man, I guess I agree with both you guys, but I got in the head. I think um... – not unless Lane Johnson gets back in the lineup to help sure up that offensive line. I think the Rams can eat a little bit up front. And I think the Rams could be really good now. I don't think they're tremendously deep. So, you know, if they take some injuries or some COVID tests come positive, I guess we got to factor that in this year. Uh, that could be detrimental. But uh, I like the Rams. I think uh, maybe the Eagles are one of those teams, kind of how I view the Niners this year. Uh, maybe middle of the season on, they put on a charge because uh, they get healthy at the right time and, and start gelling. So um, we'll see. All right, game two. We have the Patriots. They will go to Seattle. They'll take on the Seahawks. Both teams want to know the Sunday night game. Seahawks three-and-a-half-point favorites. Bobby, I'll start with you. Um, what are you thinking here? Uh, I'm hammering the Seahawks in this one, taking their uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites right now. So I'm going to hit that Seahawks three-and-a-half. You know, they they showed us, you know, they're, they're back. They had a good defense. Russell Wilson was damn near perfect in that game. 
uh, minus a few throws. Um, I believe they'll be able to stop uh, Patriots offense. You know, Patriots, they played, they got an easy one off with the Dolphins to start off with. You know, Cam was able to do Cam things, put six, seven, eight guys in the line of scrimmage and just power run, quarterback run. I think the Seahawks can find a way to neutralize that and make him try to throw the ball. Um, so I think I'm, the Seahawks playing at home, I know it's not um, the typical 12th man we're going to see. Um, but, you know, just something about playing up in the Northwest. You know, it is – are they going to have uh, any effect from the wildfires out there too? Yeah, I don't know if Seattle's like really getting getting it. But, uh, um, you know, never count out Bill Belichick uh, and his team like being prepared and everything. There's no doubt. I don't think they're going to like go up there and get spanked. Uh, but you say three and a half. Yeah. You know, I think – yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, by touchdown – I could see that happening. I don't know. Um, didn't spend a whole lot of time on this. I think what Carlos Hyde plays for Seattle. He 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 had a couple of decent runs and played all right. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Seattle wins. But it should be a good game. Yeah, I think uh, maybe that hook kind of man. I think that hook could like save you if you're betting the Patriots. I think it'll be an extremely close game uh, because Belichick. Yeah, I I think you know defensively. They might not have the um, run stuff or like Dante Howard up the uh, or on the inside, but um, you know the secondary play is still going to be good uh, with Gilmore. Um, I'll take Seattle to win, Mister Unlimited, which I don't. I'm still deciding whether I like that or not, but um, I think Seahawks win, Patriots cover, but I wouldn't lock it up. All right, we got a good Monday night one on paper anyway. The Saints will travel to Las Vegas. The Raiders will open up their new stadium. The Saints, a six-point road favorite. Um, I'll start here. I love the Raiders. Now, I know no fans, but I think Gruden's going to have the boys buzzing. And uh, they might be able to pull off the outright upset. I wasn't too impressed with uh, Drew Brees. I thought both guys actually looked pretty old in that game was my takeaway. Uh, and like you said, Bryce, when we were discussing the Bucks saints game, uh, Thomas is out, so I don't understand why the line six. It might be a Vegas no-something game, but Josh Jacobs ran the ball well last week. Um, Jerry Judy looked pretty good. He had to grade out pretty high for rookies. I didn't see that little graphic or look it up on Pro Football Focus. But, uh, yeah, I like the Raiders. Gruden will get the boys buzzing. Uh, Bryce, what do you say? Um, yeah, I think like with, with Thomas being out, it's gonna definitely uh, you know tighten up their their offense a little bit. You know, can can the Raiders stop the run? You know, we'll see. Um, man, I, I was kind of impressed with the Raiders week one. I I think like they have a perfect opportunity to come in here and, and like win at home. Uh, like you said, no fans. That kind of sucks, obviously. But uh, um, yeah, I, my gut's kind of saying Raiders uh, win it. Um, and yeah, Drew Brees, he like can't throw anything past like twenty yards anymore. It's it's kind of depressing. So that's why like, everyone makes fun of like Mike Thomas running slants. Like, well, like he's not running fades, can't hit him deep like that anymore. So um, you know, maybe Sean Payton will have some tricks up his sleeve to get his offense going uh, without their superstar. But uh, I think I don't know about six points though. It's a lot. Um, I think they I think they uh, I think they keep it close. I think the Raiders win it though. Yeah, I think all three of us are going the Raiders here. You know, there, there's two games that you 
always want to win. The first one in a new stadium and the last one in an old stadium. You know, I lost one in the last game of a stadium and I've won one in the first game of a stadium. So I know the highs and the lows of that. You know, there's no fans there, but the Raiders are going to put on a show. They put on this big-ass Death Star stadium out there. I just look at a picture of it. It's this desert, desert casino and this giant black, like, structure. And it looks awesome. You know, Gruden's got his guys in there finally. I think this is year three. Um, so he's got his stuff cooking. He's got his offense and defense rolling. Um, like I said, if Thomas is out, I don't like the Saints' chances very much. Uh, six points, that's crazy to me as a road favorite, especially with how the Raiders played last week. So I'm going to hammer the Raiders on this one. And I might even go with the under the over-under set at 49 right now. I might go under on that one, like a 24-10 to 10 game. Yeah, I, I could definitely get on board with that because uh, Saints um, defense travels, as the cliche says, and they got a real good one. All right, let's go to our teams. Um, if me or – well, if we have anything to add, but uh, I'll start with you, Bryce. Your Browns host the Bengals tomorrow night, Thursday night football. Browns a six-point favorite. Uh, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, getting drunk on a Thursday night. It's always my favorite. Um, <laughs> boy, this is uh, this is just what the doctor ordered for the Cleveland Browns. You know, you could say, like, oh, it's a you know, short week, yada, yada. But, like, short week for both teams. Um, this you, you hate to say, like, it's a must win because, obviously, like, mathematics don't work that way where it's a must win. But, boy, if uh, they don't they don't beat Cincinnati at home, against a rookie quarterback. And I know Burrow looked like, you know, he flashed a little bit, but he also showed his age, uh, making some dumb mistakes and, and, and just, you know, looking like a rookie with obviously the, the line of Cincinnati, how, how garbage they are. Um, I don't feel bad for the for the Bengals offensive line, you know, having to go against both and Ingram and then turn around and play the Browns. So they're going to be like, fuck. Um, I know Geno Atkins is out on, uh, you know, the interior defense line for Cincinnati. So, uh, there should be no reason why, like, Chubb and Hunt don't just feast. They got to get them going early and fucking establish the run like they did against the Ravens and finish drives. Um, you, you know, I know Landry, he's he's still, like, a little bit banged up, and I know he's on, like, a like a, his rep count is, is, is still low. But, um, you know, it seemed like Baker kind of favored him early on in the game and just want to keep riding him. Hopefully they don't force to, uh, to, to back him. Um, David Njoku was a bright spot week one. I know he's out. He's hurt. Um, but you still have uh, Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant, a good uh, rookie uh, tight end um, that should be open. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying it should be a blowout because blowouts are, you know, few and far around there in the NFL. But um, I would love to see the Browns just come out early, put this game away, like, so I can, like, I don't say go to bed because I'll probably watch the whole game because I love the Browns, but uh, just like enjoy a fucking Browns football game for once. It doesn't happen too often. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've got to say. Bobby, you got anything? Um, yeah, I'm going to go Browns on this one. Like Bryce said, Joey showed his age. That Favre-esque shovel pass interception to Melvin Ingram was – I just I flipped it over onto that channel, and that was the first thing I saw. And I was like, yeah, that's not great for his look. So – you know, I, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm going to take Cleveland in this one. I like their six-point favorite. I like him to cover that. Um, coming home, you know, looks like 65-degree kickoff time, you know, get some breeze off the lake up there. It's real football weather. 
And like I said, they get back on track this week. They kind of don't get too complex with their offense, kind of get back to the basics, get things going, and then just kind of hammer down. And the Bengals, you know, they're a work in progress. I'm not sure that Zach Taylor's the right coach down there at this time. But, you know, you got to give them time. But Cleveland's just more established and has, has a better – I think they'll have a better game plan than Cincinnati will come into this one, especially on a short week with an established quarterback versus a uh, rookie quarterback in the second NFL game. Yeah, I love the Browns. Uh, like you said, I think the Atkins' um, absence just invites – Stefanski to um, to get the run game going, and um, Bryce also mentioned, you know, Okunjobi, Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett. That pass rush that Cleveland has, they they can uh, eat against the uh, Cincinnati offensive line. Uh, yeah, Joey played pretty good last week. Obviously, um, yeah, the show of pass was just kind of like uh, Homer Simpson. It was like Brandon Weeden. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, you know, rookie, you're gonna have that. He he's out there trying to make plays, but he, you know, that was the only time he flinched the whole game and the two minute drive to get him down there before uh, Randy Bullock, fat uh, <laughs> Randy, did yeah, did what he did. Just uh, you know. he almost lost me some money on that perfect. Fanduel kicker contest. Perfect, yeah, perfect, uh, perfect Bengals ending and Joey's face at the end, kind of already. Um, a meme. So, um, anyway, yeah, oh, I'll roll Browns. All right, my team, the Niners, go to the New York Football Jets. Uh, touchdown favorite, seven-point favorite, 1 o'clock Eastern time, Sunday on Fox. Um, I'll lay it. Uh, the Jets kind of looked hapless. They don't have any wide receivers, so we probably won't have to worry about any kind of uh, Newt Hopkins um, kicking our ass like he did last week with the Jets. The Jets' offense line's not great, so Nick Bosa and the rest of the Niners can feast. And I think Shanahan uh, will get the uh, running game established and we'll just pound them and grind out a win. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Uh, just that, like, kind of like the Browns, it's it's nice to, have, to you know, lose week one and then have a have kind of like a, a rebound game against a shitty opponent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like the Niners. Big. Bobby? Yeah, I, I hate to go against my uh... – Mr. Irrelevant pick of the Jets in our uh, AFC team draft from a few weeks ago. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so dysfunctional. This is this is probably the worst football team I've ever like seen play a game. And I watched the 0-16 Browns blow it against Pittsburgh that year in week 17. God. And, you know, Corey Coleman. The, <laughs> what, a, what a great pick. Um <laughs> The only thing I'm looking forward to in this game is seeing if Frank Gore can get over 76 yards in this game just because that, that's like his career average of a game is like 76 per game. And he's a starting running back in year 2021 because Le'Veon Bell's out. So good for him. Hopefully he gets to watch his kid play on Saturday afternoon first. <laughs> that's great. Doing it at like 2.6 yards at a time. Anyway, all right, Bobby, uh, we'll close it out with you, and then we'll move on. Uh, your Steelers, 1-0. They'll host the 0-1 Broncos, um, seven-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Are the Steelers uh, CBS game uh, taken away? Uh, if, I, I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this one. You know, traditionally, we struggle against the Broncos, um, but usually that's when we play out there um, in Mile High City. <laughs> Uh, being at home, getting a home game, been back in Pittsburgh, again, no fans. It would be so much 
better to see him come back and play like he did last week in front of the home crowd. Um, I think the guys are going to be excited. Benny Snell get um, the start of the year, probably. I think Connor will be out. Um, so I think if we can get the Castro back, we can get the run game established early. Um, Ben's got his connection with Juju back. It's looking great so far. Um, Deontay Johnson had a hiccup last week, uh, but I think he'll be all right. Um, obviously, my guy Chase Claypool, I hope you see him more involved in the offense, especially down in the red zone um, with him and Eric Ebert, both tall, giant targets with a huge catch radius. So I think we're going to – I think we'll, we'll win this game seven and a half. I don't think – I think it'll be probably a three- or four-point game, honestly. Pick up on you there. And Pittsburgh is known to kind of back off a little bit in the week two after a big win. I'm, I'm pounding the Steelers. I'm jumping ahead here. I'm pounding the Steelers. Um, I'm not saying the Titans have a terrible defense. They're pretty good, but I think Pittsburgh is better. Short week. Um they couldn't really score on the Titans at home. Short week, yeah. Give me the Steelers. I think they they won by double digits. What do you say, Bryce? Um, man, that Steelers defense is scary. Uh, I'm not gonna it lie. Is. I mean, it's like Joe Hayden somehow. I thought his career was over. Comes to you know Pittsburgh and then just you know fits right in, does fine. Uh, Bud Dupree, he's a problem. Um, Cam Hayward just shows like why he's just like I don't want to say a Hall of Famer, but just like that that dude that's always going to be there, always going to cause problems. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised, honestly, how the Broncos played the Titans. You know, they honestly should have won, but um, I don't. I don't think they've got enough juice on offense to 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 test that defense of the of the steel curtain. All right, let's move on to segment two. Um, we'll start NHL playoffs. Uh, Bryce, as a huge hockey guy, I know he's jacked up for this. Uh, we got the Dallas Stars. They're in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals awaiting the Eastern Conference Finals, which is heading to a game six between the Islanders, Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll throw it to Bobby. He's kind of the uh, guy that doesn't really know hockey, but I'm just kidding. He's kind of the hockey abs- expert here. Um, just your thoughts. Uh, does the Lightning close it out, or are we seeing a game seven? And um, who do you – what kind of matchup would you like to see in the Stanley Cup Finals? Oh, man, Tampa is just so good. I know they were without Braden Point the other night, um, so that kind of hurt them. They they just roll over everyone. And the Islanders are kind of that feel-good story. They get a good coach in. They traded uh, – well, Tavares didn't trade him. He signed that Maple Leafs a few years ago and the biggest mistake ever. And then they've just kind of slowly built a team. You know, they don't have the big names that stick out at you. I mean, they got Barzal and Johnny Boychuk on defense. But they're just a consistent, hard-nosed, gritty team. Um, the grind wins out. I want to see the Islanders win. I, you know, I have a sore, sour taste in my mouth, and the lightning is bending the Bruins over in round two. So I'm pulling for the Islanders here. They haven't been there in a long time since they won four in a row back in the 70s, late 70s and 80s. So New York Islanders, Dallas Stars final. I think that'll be something to. People actually watch. It's that's the one thing I love about the NHL. It's a different team every year on each side. Um, you know, the Penguins have had a couple back to backs. The Blackhawks had the every other year. The Bruins have been there, but it's never back to back like that much. It's, it's just it's refreshing to see new teams. Um, and then you know, if Islanders Stars come down to it, I think the Stars just got some much firepower this year. 
Yeah, I love I love the stars going into this thing. If you recall, like a month ago when we talked about it, um, I just thought you know they gave other than Boston last year, they gave St. Louis their toughest series, and this Kadobin or Hudobin, this goaltender, he's standing on his head right now. So that with the firepower, uh, Radulov is a fucking just a pest, but he could snipe. And um, for the Eastern Conference Finals, I just don't see Tampa lose them. I agree, though. These pesky Islanders are fun, fun to watch. Uh, well, I don't know if it's really entertaining hockey, but they kind of muck it up and, and stay uh, true to what they are. And, um, you know, Barzal, he's kind of one of the outliers in that boat. What is it? Bolivier mm-hmm. on the on the second line, another young Canadian. Those guys have some jump and, and, and can do some things and skate. But uh, they're a structured team. And, um, you know, if you're not going to be on the four check, you're not playing for, for Trot. So they're a hardworking team. So I'm, I'm with you. I'd like to see that matchup in the Stanley Cup final. Um, Bryce, you got anything to add here? You know that I'm a big Bolts fan. Uh, you know, anytime, anytime there's a hockey team from Florida in it, I'm a big Florida hockey guy. Um, you know, it's where the sport was invented. Um, they're St. Petersburg back, uh, God, 200 years ago. I just don't see, I just don't see, I'm honestly embarrassed that it's gone six games. I thought it was going to be a, a clean sweep. Um, yeah, I think, I think my Bolts win it. And then, uh, completely annihilate a team from Dallas. Like, who cares? So, And there there you have it from our hockey expert there. Yep. That's me. Well, I, I, <laughs> they did – I love that you call them the Bolts. That's, that's great. Big Bolts fan. They did have jerseys a few years ago that had Bolts, like, diagonal down from the right corner to the left pocket. Those are actually sweet sweat. I shouldn't call it jerseys, God. If anybody likes hockey, they're gonna be like, "It's fucking sweater, dude! You fucking, <laughs> you fucking idiot!" Um, all right, NBA. Um, I can't believe it, but the Nuggets will take on the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Clippers, um, fifty years as a franchise, and they've never made it to a conference final, let alone the championship series. So that's just fucking. Sad for them. I mean, I don't like the Clippers, so fuck you. And then the East final got tipped off last night. Heat won an OT thriller. Um, Bryce, I'll start with you. Any any yeah. thoughts? Are you going to watch? What do you um, say? Yeah, I'll I'll watch. Okay, I know Bobby, you're a big big Celtics guy. Um, it seems like you just always latch on to like really good teams. Like, of course, why not be like a <laughs> Celtics fan and fucking. Notre Dame football fan. I'm, I'm just kidding. They're not really that great, but they're all right. Anyway, um, who wouldn't love to see a fucking Miami Heat, Denver Nugget NBA Finals where, like, nobody cares? The ratings are awful. Like, I think that would be my dream come true. Is it going to happen? Uh, it might. It just might. But, um, no, nah, it'll probably be Lakers-Celtics and everybody, like, will be happy with that. But uh, I'm, I'm so rooting for the underdog on this one. Yeah, I uh, I I think Heat Celtics. I think they're so even. It goes seven, and then it's a coin flip. I think I'd take Boston just because they have a little more. Well, I don't know. I feel like they got a little more playoff experience, obviously, 
Uh, they've obviously been to an Eastern Conference Finals with the score. Uh, Jason Tatum was unbelievable last night until the last few minutes, and then he tried to play hero ball. Uh, that block Bam Adebayo had. Uh, that was filthy. Yeah, it's up there with LeBron's chase down in the finals, Game 7. Uh, Marcus Smart, I think people's forgetting that block in the Eastern uh, semifinals against Toronto late in that game was a hell of a defensive play uh, just a few days prior. So um, definitely a, a special play. But Miami, they kind of got that. It's it's like the Islanders to kind of compare sports. Uh, you know, I guess Jimmy Butler, he's considered a superstar, but Miami, they have a culture. They stick to what they do. Uh, they're pesky, and uh, you know I think it's going to be good. I think the Lakers just kind of maybe they give up game one. It seems like that's like what LeBron loves to do, but uh, I, I I think they kind of gentlemen sweep the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets, I did hear this. The Nuggets have made the conference finals three times in their franchise history. The last two times, eighty-five and two thousand nine. They uh, had the misfortune of running into a Los Angeles Lakers franchise. So uh, those kind of things, uh, those kind of weird subplots to a a series um, in an organization's history, um, they kind of stay true. So I think we're, I I think we're heading for Lakers Celtics, Bobby. Uh, close out the NBA here. What is, what's your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I mean, the Nuggets, that's that's a sweet. I mean, Jamal Murray's awesome. Um, Nikola Jokic uh, gives hope to fat guys everywhere. Um, I love whatever. Bless his heart. Whenever whenever he does something awesome, it's like a triple-double. That picture of him is like a 13-year-old, just chubby. Like, the only thing Ser- missing is – Serbian. Yeah, just – It's the only thing that's missing. So, I love seeing him play. He's awesome, um, you know. But the Lakers, they just got too much star power between Davis and LeBron. Um, so, Lakers are coming out of the West. Probably be 4-1, to 4-2. to uh, Let's get to the Celtics. Yeah, Tatum, he was great until he wasn't. Um, played hero ball. Kemba, playing like an asshole. I mean, the guy's never been this far in the playoffs, so I get it. But you're also one of the best point guards in the NBA. Probably a top 15 player in the NBA right now. Uh, you can't go three for 17 in consecutive games. Uh, you can't miss free throws. That's the one thing that just gets under my skin as a white guy is missing free throws. Like, it's so, nobody's guarding you. Like, just put the ball in the hoop. If We love fundamentals. If, if we would have hit our free throws, even just missed one, we would have won the game. Um, you know, band block, it was great and all, even though it was a goaltend. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yes. Tatum – he played here about step back three to end the regulation was boneheaded. I mean, go to the hoop. They were in the bonus for the last four minutes. And they didn't go to the hoop one time, at least try to draw a foul. You're up f- by five points in the last 60 seconds of the game and you lose. Like you have to try to lose by being up that much. I, you know, it's a long series. It's one game. So I'm not going to get too worked up over it like I did last night, but just, we're so close. Like the Eastern Conference Finals is the floor for this team now. You know, with the core we have, Walker, Hayward, Tatum, Brown. This is the floor. Take that next step and just make it to the finals. And you know, we play. We match up good against the Lakers. We beat them twice this year. So, you know, I think if we get there, I think we'll have a good chance. But yeah, like Lakers Celtics final. Um, hopefully, we win so that they don't tie us in title championships. But. We'll see when we get there. 
All right, last thing in segment two, real quick, the U.S. Open uh, and golf is this weekend. Uh, Wingfoot, I believe, in that's uh, New York, I believe. Yep. Um, just real quick, give uh, give the listening folks a winner, and then we'll move to college football. Bobby, uh, I'll start with you. Or Bryce, go ahead. No, yeah. Um, something, something's kind of telling me that's like, I don't know, like deep down in my loins. Uh, Phil Phil Mickelson's going to put on put on a little something. But uh, if I had to put money on, I'm saying uh, old Dustin Johnson. Love him. Uh, that's 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 my pick. Bobby. Uh, yeah, no no Kepka in this one. He's out, so that ends his reign of the U.S. Open. Um, you know, the guy that's been playing the best this year, in my eyes, John Rahm, you know, the Spaniard. Uh, he, you know, he plays that short game. He has short swing, powerful. He's putting out of his ass this year. I like John Rahm in the U.S. Open this year. I mean, I like to see a guy from the U.S. win it, but if it's anybody else, I'd pick John Rahm. Yeah, this course is going to be motherfucker. I think the last couple of years uh, we've seen, you know, in the teens, under par, you know, 12 under in the U.S. Open. Well, the USGA was like, all right, we're going to get back to our ways. Um, the rough on this course, it's just That's like stupid. They they haven't mowed in months, it looks like. So definitely somebody who could play kind of that conservative, that conservative game. That's why, you know. I would love to see Phil do it, but Phil takes too many chances. I don't think Tiger's really uh, rounding the shape yet this year, and I've had I have a theory that Tiger's just kind of rounding his game to to get to Augusta this year and try to win back to back jackets again. Um, I I think DJ's a nice play. Obviously, um, I, I like I like Justin Thomas though, and I don't know if he's even been playing well, but he's just kind of. That that thinking's man, that thinking man's golfer. I know he's still kind of a young guy, but um, I think he can get it done. Also, I feel like Danny Willett is also a guy to look out for for some reason. Um, just from over the pond, kind of a you know ho hum guy. I think he could be in play here, but we're just pulling names out of our asses here because uh, I mean I watch golf. I love major golf, but I'm no expert, so. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Final segment of the show. We'll do college football. Uh, Bobby, actually, I forgot. Your team has a game this weekend. Um, they're coming off of a dub ski. Um, many people are asking, are they a great team since they didn't cover last week? Man, I got to tell you what. <laughs> that, I, I don't even know where to start with this team. You know, our, we bring back all five offensive linemen. They're supposed to be the best line in the nation this year, and they just pissed down their legs. Um, our running game didn't look too bad once our running backs could get away from the offensive line and get in the open field. Uh, Ian Book didn't look the greatest. Um, he doesn't really hit his stride until the middle of the year anyways, so I'm not really worried. Um, we had a couple receivers out with some lingering issues. Uh, our defense looked great. Um, we sh- shut down Duke. Shout out to Duke. They actually got a pretty damn good defense. You know, they're a basketball school. Um, they're a boring pick, like, every year in college football to finish, like, 7-5, and 8-4. and four. But they're, give them their credit. They, they've, they've got something going down there. They're good defense. I think they're going to be in the top tier of the ACC this year. Um, but, boy, 
the Irish didn't make it easy on me. I I drank way too much beer and got way too upset over the first game of the year last, last week. Um, but we played USF this week. Um, revenge game for where they beat us a couple years ago at home and the lightning and rain delay game. Um, that kind of set us off on a four and eight year, uh, which we won't like to talk about. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see fans in the stadium. We got the students, faculty, and family players team for the home and away team right, right around 15 20 000 people in the stands all evenly spaced out so it was nice to actually hear instead of pumped in fake noise and i think that's going to really just help us out a little bit this year just knowing that we actually have fans this year and it's not just like a glorified scrimmage um so you know we're on track for six and oh in the big ten play um so it's a lot of fun. I, I'm just glad that college football is back. You know, everybody's playing, you know, Pac-12, we're still waiting on them. But it, I just can't say enough about how much college football makes my life better on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, Bryce. I mean, like, I played golf on, on Saturday. I didn't watch anything. <laughs> I didn't watch any college football either. I no, haven't. none. I got I got I got hit with a golf ball on Saturday in the head. So what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my best friends just you, you think you, you think you're out of the way, and then uh, you're still not. So <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my head hurts when I'm shampooing my my hair. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Big Ten's back, baby. That's all. That's all I care about. All right, real quick, Miami, 17th ranked team in the country, whatever that means right now. Or, uh, yeah, maybe the rankings won't matter until, like, late no, or late October when everybody's kind of playing, I guess. But, um, anyway, number 17, Miami, at number 18, Louisville. And I said that properly. If you go down there, they just kind of eat that uh, I and S. Um both teams won those seven thirty Eastern Time ABC game Saturday night. Uh, great quarterback matchup in this one. Derek King, the transfer from Houston, of course, is the uh, the signal caller for the Canes, and McKay Cunningham, an exciting quarterback for the Cardinal. Um, Bryce, I'll throw it to you. Do you have a prediction on this game? Are you going to watch this game? Thoughts, feels, whatever you want. Um, I might just now because the Big Ten's. You know, yes. looks like they're coming back. I might flip it on. Uh, no Tathan Martell for Miami again. I think he's suspended. Maybe he's back. It's a damn shame. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm rolling with the Cardinals. Uh, and uh, I think the, uh, the correct pronunciation is uh, Louisville. Uh, like that's how they say it down there when they're eating their Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, I feel like it's Louisville, but whatever. Anyway, Bobby, you got something? Yeah, this this will be uh, on the the hit the last channel button on my remote Saturday night because you know round round one of the NASCAR playoffs, we're at Bristol, baby, um, under the lights, the last great Coliseum, and all that. Uh, somebody watching NASCAR mostly. Um, this is actually a pretty good game. I'm not sold on Miami. Um, you know, Derek King's great quarterback, but they don't have much surrounding him. Louisville, um, I'll say it right. Um, <laughs> I think you guys are wrong on this one. I'm pretty sure it's Louisville. Um, Louisville. Louisville. I'm just joking. Louisville. 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 Or if you hear some of my customers, it's Louisville. Um, 
yeah, Louisville. Uh, there I go. There I go again. Nobody's going to say it right. Uh, they got do you the- sell baseball bats down there or something? What do you do? No, uh, insurance. Oh, yeah. A lot of horrible things. Wait. Kentuckians have insurance? Barely. Wow. All right. Um, the more you know. But, you know, they got a great coach, uh, Scott Satterfield. Um, you know, I was impressed with them last year when Notre Dame went down there for week one. Um, it was a close game. You know, you could see that they had something going. They were playing like three different quarterbacks then. Um, they got a good one now. They got a good offensive game plan. Their defense is pretty good. Um, they lost a little bit losing uh, Mackay Beckton, but, you know, next guy up for them is kind of the mentality on there. Um, is this game in Kentucky or is it in Florida? It's in Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Uh, under the lights, but they'll be in those all black uniforms. It'll look sweet. Um, I got the, I got, I got the Cardinals winning 34-31. I'm going to take – I'll, I'll take the Canes. Um, I think Louisville gave up – You know, I mean, it's not terrible, but they gave up like 150 in rushing to Western Kentucky in, the, in their opener. Uh, no crowd noise to affect the road team. Both teams have a game under their belt. Um, I think Miami, they could kind of dictate – uh, things offensively, I think defensively they got a better defense too. Um, I do worry. I'm not a big Manny Diaz guy. I do think Scott Satterfield is a tremendous coach. Um, I think it'll be a tight one, but yeah, get, give me the Canes. Uh, so I'll I'll collect that two and a half. Um, and I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. I mean, there's nothing really to get that excited about. Um, UCF's at Georgia Tech. Okay. App State at Marshall. Whatever. All right. Let's close it out. The Big Ten is back. Yeah, baby. Just real all football. Right, Bri- <laughs> Bryce, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. Um, just um, your thoughts, overall um, feels, just wherever you want to take the conversation. Go for it. Um, they didn't give themselves any wiggle room here. That's the only thing I'm scared of. Um, you know, right. Ohio, Ohio State could do everything right, but then, like, what happens if two of their opponents, um, you know, they're ineligible because of, you know, COVID and all that bullshit. So, I, I'm worried. Um, I think, you know, a nine-win season for Ohio State and, like, going undefeated and running the Big Ten table, um, they would get in to the playoff. I, I really do think they would put them in. Um, but what happens if a game gets canceled or two games get canceled and they have seven wins in a big 10 champ, you know, like that, that type of thing. Like do they put a, you know, a one loss Georgia in over them or, you know, it, it's just going to be really hard to tell. Um, especially now, like, I don't want to say like the big Ten's down, but um, you know, Minnesota, a lot of their players have opted out Penn state. Same, same with them. Um, they like to smoke weed over there and get, get kicked off their team. Um, uh, Michigan, I know we talked about that through text, but like with Nico Collins, right? And 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 I know McCaffrey wasn't going to start, but still, um, I don't know. I'm 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 optimistic because that's all I can do right now is, is be optimistic. Um, I think with Wyatt Davis announcing he's coming back, that's great. Um, hopefully, you know, Sean Wade follows in his footsteps, um, and they just have it set up to where it's like Ohio State, Alabama. Clemson, Oklahoma, that's the playoff. That's what we knew all along. Uh, sorry, Bobby. You know, I don't think your Irish are, are going to beat, beat Clemson after week one after kind of watching what they did. Um, I'm, I hope they do. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm ready to go. I just wish we didn't have to wait like a month and a half now, or um, pretty much, you know, a full month or so before they start playing. Yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic as well. Um, I think I heard that as long as you didn't basically unenroll in school and didn't hire an agent, like if you opt out, you could opt back in as long as those two things. Uh, didn't happen just because I, I and maybe even if you unenrolled in school, maybe there's some wiggle room there. But I guess that's something to monitor. Um, whether they signed an H, I did hear about Sean Wade um, on the news tonight. I sound like an 87 year old man on the news. Uh, he's still uh, undecided, falling over the decision. Um, I don't have a lot of expectations for Michigan, my team this year. I'm just kind of a beaten dog here on the farm. But uh, I will say this across the Big Ten. Um, here's a little list here. Of course, you can scratch off Wyatt Davis. But Rondell Moore from Purdue, Jalen Mayfield, Amber Thomas from Michigan, now Nico Collins, uh, Rashawn Slaughter, the center from Northwestern, Sean Wayne, Richard Bateman from Minnesota, and Michael Parsons, the Penn State linebackers. Those are kind of the heavy-hitting names that um, have opted out. We'll have to see. But my point is, I, I just don't blame any of these kids for opting out this year, obviously. I, I think it's kind of a heady play, especially if you don't sign an agent, you kind of maybe go through that draft process. You don't lose a year of eligibility this year per the NCAA. So I think it's kind of a, you know, like a sabbatical, a year off, um, you know. And – I do like what the Big Ten's doing. I don't, of course, they haven't released any schedule. I don't know if you guys seen, but no. it seems like it seems like everybody's going to play that last week of the regular season or the conference championship week traditionally. Yeah, um, and I guess it's just going to be the two best record or the two best records at that point uh, from the East and West will kind of play for that de facto Big Ten championship game. But I guess it's too late to be discussed. But I just wish. And we the, the, we discussed it in our text chain. I just wish they would have just took the two three weeks they had from the announcement and just started like the tenth or the seventeenth, um, and maybe you could have scheduled a bye week in there to give you a wiggle room, or you know play nine ten regular season games in a row. But um, ultimately, yeah, I'm just I'm just glad. And it's clear we get we'll get closer, and I'll get more excited and and start listening to some Michigan podcasts and get on some Michigan websites and start talking myself into the Wolverines like I do every year. But I kind of kind of scratched off the season and was kind of happy to take like a little mental vacation, a mental break from uh, my team. Uh, Bobby, uh, your thoughts here. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be quick on mine. You know, living in Big Ten country, it's nice to see them back. There's I'm a big advocate for always playing more football. I do wish they would have started on the 10th, give themselves kind of a week or two here and there, just in case they do have that over 5% positivity rate or outbreak or something like that, just to have the wiggle room because playing eight, eight games in eight weeks, that's going to be tough with not having a bye week for someone to recover. Um, I think that's where the other conferences did it right. They all got one in somewhere um, so that they can kind of have that recuperation and make sure everything is going by protocol. Um, like I said, no schedules released yet, but I hope that they do it kind of like the SEC and we get more rivalry games this year. 
like I, I hope I get to see like Ohio State, Wisconsin, or Ohio State and like Illinois. Um, I know that's not really a rivalry game. I mean, there's the they play for a turtle. There's the, the hey, there's the trophy. Yeah, the Illabuck. So I hope they yeah. do that right because like no one cares about Ohio State playing Rutgers or playing Maryland. Like Maryland's only good for beating Big Twelve teams. Um, so <laughs> that that's the one. That, like the Sun Belt. Yeah, the Fun Belt. <laughs> hey, um, yikes! Yeah, but you know I'm glad they're back. You know I kind of hope the Pac-12 follows suit. I think I just saw a tweet here. Um, like Oregon and Oregon State are trying to make a push now so that they can get their game in and everything. So I, they're on fire. Yeah, they'll they'll find a way. Life uh, finds a way. So, you know, I'm glad the Big Ten's back. It's going to make things more interesting. Um, but you know, how are you going to compare at the end of the year? Um, say Notre Dame loses to Clemson at home in November, but beats them in the ACC championship game. Um, say the SEC teams beat up on each other, only one of them comes out. Oklahoma could have a stinker and lose to someone like Kansas State or Baylor. How and, and say like Ohio State comes out undefeated. How, how are you going to compare an eight and zero, nine and zero Ohio State team to a two ten and one Clemson Notre Dame team to beat every team on their schedule? So that, that's just that's something that I'm worried about the playoff, and you know it might lead to an expansion of the playoffs. Honestly. Which, yeah, it fucking good. Should. Which good? I, I hope it does. Yeah, I mean, move it to eight teams, move it to ten teams, give the first one and two a bye. However you want to do it. I mean, four teams. It's it's been proven to be a money maker. It's everybody loves the system, um, except for TCU and Baylor the first year. So, I, I think this is going to bring about some changes with that, and hopefully, it brings about more change with the NCAA too. I'll piggyback off two things you guys said, and then you can react. I'll start with Bryce's point. Um, I think we're seeing – I know Baylor and Houston, they scheduled a game a week out. They, I think they got talking last week, and they scheduled a game for this weekend. Now, is it going to be a marquee game? But let's say Ohio State has Purdue in a crossover, and Purdue has a bunch of COVID cases. Maybe Ohio State could, you know – ring up Cincinnati or a max score or something like that that's not playing right now but like hey you're still practicing do you want some money to take a game so I think there could be some schedule manipulation there now to piggyback to Bryce or Bobby's point now um, when it comes to the playoffs if that scenario happens obviously that throws a wrench into it I think the committee is really going to have to do, and it's all subjective. We all know this, but I really do think that the committee might have the toughest job they've ever had this year because not everybody's on the same wavelength, same number of games, uh, hell, even the same like starting point. And the data points are going to be done. So I really think, you know, numbers wise, analytics wise, maybe you throw those out. And you really do just try to get the best four teams on paper and or not on paper, but on the field or who they've seen. So I think that's where we're at. But honestly, um, I think we're all kind of like this, like minded. I just hope that everybody gets through their 10 game schedule or their eight game schedule because college kids are stupid. So absolutely. Yeah, I don't know who like I've always thought like eight games would be per or an, I'm sorry an eight, 18 playoff would be perfect you know you got your all your all your conferences and then you know a couple at large and uh, 
go from there. So I wish they would have done that this year. I mean, this would have been a perfect year to do it. Um, instead, fuck it. The NCAA has just kind of been like quiet and they don't have any connection with college football. It's, it's awful. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where we are here in a month and uh, go from there. Take all we can get. Bobby, anything to add there? No, that, that, those kind of wraps it all up there and it's all great points and everything. Uh, like Bryce said, you know, the NCAA just drags their feet and they don't want to change too much. They, if they, they want to make the decision. They don't want to be pressured at anything is kind of how it seems to be. And then, you know, people have had the playoff idea for years and then they're thinking, yeah, no, that'll never work. And then they come up with it on their own and try to rebrand it as their own idea and try to push it off us like that. So, yeah, I, I, I like the 10 team playoff because that gives the top 10 in the nation each a chance. Um, you know, that's mostly your undefeated and, and 11 and 1, 12 and 1 teams. And then that get, they play those first round games at home for the home team. Second round games become your big bowl games. And then the national championship and wherever it's played. Uh, that's just kind of the, the dream that I envision for college football. Yeah, I, I would like, I would just like, you know, I would take six, I would take eight, I would take 10. Um, maybe 16 stretching it, but I mean, you never know matchups. It's kind of, you know, when you start expanding out that far, uh, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament, you know, Syracuse every year, fucking not very good in the ACC regular season. Uh, they sneak into the tournament off the bubble and then that fucking two, three zone gets into like the sweet 16 elite eight, just about every other year. So matchups, who knows, but, um, that's down the line. I'm all for chaos though, you know? Fuck the NCAA. I hope these kids start getting paid. Hopefully they start leveraging the situations they have and realize their value. Um, and I'm just tired of, you know, quote unquote, this amateur model. But uh, uh, with that being said, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, glad we're back. We're on the course to be back. Hopefully it comes back and uh, we'll have, have fun watching our team score. Hell yeah. All right, fellas. I uh, one more note. I, you guys don't have to react, but uh, also, so college basketball has a start date of November twenty fifth, which kind of seems like it's normal. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't really. I mean, I'll pay attention to college basketball like that at Thanksgiving week for all the big uh, non conference preseason like tournament deals, and then I don't really follow college basketball until like January. So until March Madness. So I don't know. I guess COVID had that as a question mark when the season could start. But uh, yeah, just a little side note that I added. Uh, thought it was noteworthy. Do you guys have anything on that? Uh, no, no, I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm a college. I like college basketball, but like, not, not in September. So yeah, I hope that, I hope they play. I'll worry about that shit later. I, I, I like the model they put out starting it then. You know, they could have started it in, after Christmas, too. It would have been the same thing. You know, they reduced the schedule, which I liked. Gives some more time for flexibility if we're still going through this in January, February next year. Um, but, yeah, I really don't get excited unless it's right around March Madness or the Bobcats make the tournament. Or Steve Vostorius hitting threes or the Notre Dame hoops guy. Yeah, Luke Heron Goody, the Heron God. Oh, Heron Goody. All right, well, um, next week, SEC preview. 
we'll go through the conference. I mean, not the whole conference, like Vanderbilt, Missouri. Those teams could fuck off, but we'll go through the heavy hitters. And, uh, yeah, next week's college football slate, actually not too bad because the SEC joins the party. So uh, we'll rip through that, and hopefully the NFL gives us something, and uh, maybe we'll have some Big Ten schedules to react to. And uh, it'll probably be like a month from now, but we'll definitely have to do like a Big Ten preview uh, that (laughs) week before those games start, which is weird. Usually, if you're going to do something like that, it's August. So, but uh, 2020. That's it, man. All right. Well, Bobby Bryce, thanks for joining me. Uh, any famous last words, Bobby? Hey, it's a great week to go 1 0. God damn it. All right, Bryce. <laughs> any famous last words? I just don't want to have to take a like a personal day Friday uh, because the Browns shit the bed against a shitty Bengals. So let's go Browns, baby. All right. Well, glad you're back. Big 10, rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks.